Be on the dugout, lace them up and we run out Step up to the place, swing away, or you get struck out Picture on the mound like you don't wanna face this Hit it so hard, you be running around the bases Do it for your teammates, do it for the fan Do it for your city, true ballers understand You gotta work together, you gotta find a way Put your body on the line and make that play Be on the dugout, lace them up and we run out Step up to the place, swing away, or you get struck out Picture on the mound like you don't wanna face this Hit it so hard, you be running around the bases Be on the dugout be on the dugout. Be on the dugout. Well, Jericho Tokator, and welcome to Drive Time at Beyond the Dugout. Here it is, episode eleven on the twenty fifth of June. I'm Jason Gubis, aka Chopper, and joining me today is the ever lovable, ever cuddlyable, cuddlier. No, that's you. I don't know. <laughs> He's just handsome. This Damien Collins. I was, you always make me blush, mate. Kia ora, bro. Kia ora, everyone out there. Thank you for joining us for Leagues 11, number 11. Mate, we're here. Inter- we're going international. We are going international, <laughs> but, but of course, before we go international, uh, I land this week in Wellington. <laughs> it <laughs> is freezing. You know, I, I may have complained Stop. about the weather a few weeks ago, but. Every time. Dude, the first day here. Oh my God! Yeah, we're different. We're different here. It's different from Auckland. I'm sorry. It's it's a bit colder. It's a bit windier. Like we've got the Cook Strait there. We've got mountains and stuff. Like my bad. You, you know what? <laughs> I, I, I know everyone's kind of concerned about this COVID uh, and everything at the moment with level two. But you know what? COVID's got no chance in Wellington, man. COVID's <laughs> going to take one step out of the airplane from Sydney and go like, no, it's too cold. I'm even going back to Sydney. I'm not even staying here. I wish it did, mate. Well, hopefully it did. Yeah. Well, hopefully results pending, but yeah. um, interesting times, my friends. It interesting is. Interesting times. Is. In, in saying that, though, Damien, you know, talking around the traps uh, these last few days, um, people are really kind of taking it in their stride. You know, we've done this before. Sure, it's only one second lockdown. Well, not it's not lockdown. It's only no, it's two. Still you two. know, it's, yeah. okay, a couple extra precautions, yeah. but we're all good. Just fingers crossed we don't get a bunch of cases and then checked into three in a lockdown or something like that. So um, fingers crossed, we'll see. And uh, hopefully the weather is just too cold for that goddamn COVID. Absolutely. And if it's um, if it's if we're going to be stuck at home or, or chilling out at home instead of going to these things, then hopefully it is cold because there's nothing better than being locked up in home on a cold day. I've got a bit of a theory behind it. I'm kind of like the Australian teams in the Super Rugby Trans Tasman competition. <laughs> They're like, we can't win the rugby. Let's just give them a case. Let's give them a case. <laughs> Let's give them that one that's real, real catchy. You just need to walk past them. Yeah. There Thank, you go. Thanks, guys. I tell you what was catchy, though, bud. The final last week between the Blues and the Islanders. <laughs> you know what? I've I, I, I got to be honest with you. I don't get to watch a lot of full matches of rugby these days. But, man, I sat down from the beginning to the end of that one. That one was a nail biter. All the way from the beginning to the end. I've heard that, and I'll, I'll be honest. I, I've heard it because I haven't watched it. I've uh, even I've seen a little couple highlights, but um, I was busy on Saturday, so I didn't, and um, I didn't get to watch it live. So I haven't <laughs> I haven't sat there, but I'm I'm glad it was a good game because, and I'm glad yeah. that the Crusaders didn't hoist the trophy at the end of it. I tell you what, I, <laughs> I watched the game on Saturday with my father, who was in Auckland for. Uh, for the weekend. And he would have loved sharing on the blues. Yeah. Well, oh, he, Jim. Yeah, he, no uh, way. Yeah, Jim. Like, <laughs> look, he's not a leaguey fan. 
And so I was watching the Warriors first. They were on beforehand. He sat down for the, from halftime onwards and then he was complimentary to start with. <laughs> and then it started coming out, this is not rugby. This is Why would he do that? What is he thinking and stuff He's as if he even knows rugby league? And then the Warriors lose. I'm like, okay, when is the rugby starting? But then man, I really enjoyed watching the rugby with my old man uh, on Saturday and it was a great final. His team wasn't it, the Hurricanes, uh, and neither was mine. I guess I didn't have a favourite, but if there was one. What's his mate? My Avalon mate? Um Brownie. Brownie. He yeah. would have been wearing his blue scares, I'm sure. Yeah, no, here we are, whatever, <laughs> Jimbo, the opposite yeah. of what Jimbo yeah, Absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. always yeah. doing that to him. Um, <sighs> but the, uh, uh, I didn't have a favourite on the night between the Blues and the Highlanders. However, if there was a slight favouritism, we'd go to the Blues only because Otere Black is from the college I went to, Hattapoto College, yeah. um, and congratulations to them. It was a great game. Either team could have won. Um, and I love Ash Dixon for the Highlanders. He's, he's a great man. Um, but uh, but the Blues just 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 fractionally too good there, and the end. Congratulations to them. Twenty three, fifteen. More importantly, no Saders not in the final. No Saders in the final. Hey mate, um, I know I, t- I know I talked down to the Blues, but mate, if you wind back the clock um, to little Damien growing up down the road from Eden Park, like he knew all the Auckland A team. You know that big Ranfurly Shield era in yeah. eighty five to ninety three, or I think it was, or you know, um, back in the days where the kids could run on the field and have a run amok and and meet their idols. So, you know, it's good to see Auckland win something. Um, but yeah. yeah, even better to see the Saders not win something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, international rugby starts this weekend. Uh, yes, the big thing, of course, Manu Samoa taking on the Māori All Blacks at the yep. Cake Tin. That will be behind closed doors now tomorrow. Uh, however, really looking forward to that. But it's the big one next weekend. It's the double happy, double test match extravaganza. Yes. It'll be Manu one Sam- of your favourite places. Yeah, Manu Samoa taking on the Māori's in game two. Mm-hmm. But then it'll be the All Blacks taking on Tonga. Well, can I say Mate Māo Tonga? Well, you're going to. Even though it's the league team, but yeah, yeah definitely. Because they're playing in the home rugby yeah. league in Auckland, Mount oh, Smart absolutely. Stadium. And the way uh, the Tongan fraternity came out and supported the, the rugby league we team. We remember. Wow. Wow. You know what? I reckon they're going to do the same for the rugby team. It's going to be no something doubt. special. No doubt. Yeah, no, it would be, it'd be a, lo- a sea of red, I can imagine. Even though there's four four teams there, two of them are, are going to be... Uh, having those New Zealand flags and the New Zealand jersey, the black jersey. Um, but there's going to be a, a sea of red and a sea of blue uh, at Mount Smart next weekend for sure. Dude, I'll tell you one thing I'm excited about for this international window for uh, rugby. The All Blacks, we always know we get about four, maybe mm. if we're lucky, five home test matches, sure. right? Yes. And an international season. Then we go, we play in Australia, South Africa, two of the UK or something like that, right? Nine at Sanza, South Africa, and yeah. Argentina. You forgot right. Argentina. Nine test matches yeah. this year in New Zealand. Yeah, nine ABs test match. I mean, that's just bro. That is going to be wicked. Yeah. Of course, we've got the historic one with Tonga, the two against Fiji, and then we'll take on the usual boys: Australia, Argentina, and and South Africa. Uh, play them twice. One of those Australian games will be in Aussie, of course. But nine test matches on home soil. That's going to be out, something outstanding. Do you say South Africa? South Africa, mate. It'd be interesting to see um, how we go this time after yeah. not having a Super Rugby season against them. You know, we usually test each other out, and you know, you you know a few few heads that play well during the Super Rugby competition, but we haven't we haven't seen them. Remember, they were going to actually pull out before 
before that stuff anyway. So, yeah, it'd be, it'd be good to go up against the old Bacchus and, um, yeah, they're always a good rivalry. Well, we know how bad Australia has been with not playing New Zealand. Yeah, yeah. yes. <laughs> you know what? South Africa are not like that, man. They're a stronger competition at home. They've got a great cup, uh, the Curry Cup, man. Yeah. Like, it's It's been outstanding well before it even went professional. I am definitely looking forward to seeing what the standard is between all yeah. the is between New Zealand and South Africa. Absolutely. They're the last two test matches uh, on the calendar year for us in New Zealand. So by then we should be humming, you know, oh, harming, for sure, for sure, humming without a doubt. So uh, Argentina, you never know what you get from them. Of course, they will. Of course, we've seen our, our first. Um, no, go on. Yep. Sorry, no, you're talking about the event. I was going to bring up the actual All Blacks team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, definitely. I did. I just yeah, actually, I, I know, I know. What did you I, think about the name? Well, I'm stoked. I'm stoked to see a few, a few debutants in there. But I'm also stoked to see um, George Bauer get another call up. He he was a injury call up in the at, um, in the later stages last year. Uh, he's a is a Avalon Wolves boy. So I've seen him uh, grow up through Titan College and and go on to. To bigger, better things, and um, and uh, of course, to suffer more, the backup to Dane Coles and Wellington as well. He's uh, another call up. So, uh, as terribly as Avalon Wolves do, and and the Premier Grade in Wellington, we have two All Blacks, y'all. <laughs> I love how you put Avalon Wolves in about five times at the beginning of this podcast. You just slipped them on in there, don't you? Well, I still haven't um, said my softball club <laughs> in, in all the weeks. I don't even think we've mentioned the clubs we actually belong to, but it's only in episode 11. Oh, yeah, Avalon Rugby, let's go. I talked about old times a couple of days, weeks ago. Again. I love sports, people. <laughs> Got to say, when you're talking about the teams uh, getting named, I was very impressed uh, with the uh, Blues um, halfback that kid looks good Finley Christie uh, outstanding ginger oh I reckon <laughs> he's going to be the goods that's bullying mate that's uh, no no online I, it's, a compliment, <laughs> it's a compliment it's a compliment as a ginger <laughs> um, yeah. hey uh, did you see the photo there's a video oh, I think it's um, I'm pretty sure it's him um, it's um, CCTV he was watching the announcements yeah, with, with his buddies, with his in, the buddies pub, in the pub. Yeah. yeah, and then they all started like roughing him up and like, ah, little, you know, little noogies here and there. And um, yeah, no, that's cool. That's awesome. It is. To share that moment with the boys. It is very cool. Dude, let's pop over to the States, man. NBA. Getting closer. Down, down to four. Mm. We're down to four, mate. We've got the, the final four in the East, uh, East and West sorted. The Hawks. And the Bucks are going to nail it out in the Eastern. They start to, uh, they started on Thursday, and then the Suns and the Clippers. I told you the Suns are going all the way uh, against the Clippers. Um, the two up at, at the time of us recording this intro. Mm -hmm. um, but I tell you, Clippers, man, they've come back from two behind um, in each of the series to win it. So who knows? But um, got backbone, eh? They sure do, they sure do. But they're missing their star, Kawhi Leonard. The Suns are missing uh, Chris Paul. He got COVID, so he's out. He was stood down for procedures, and then he got tested uh, positive to how, it. So, How long is that stand-down period? Well, they know? reckon he's going to be good to go for, by the next game or the oh, game wow. after that. So, I mean, once it's tested, you have your 14-day stand-down or, or whatever it is, and then... But they reckon he could make the series. It's USA, but it's 14-minute stand-down. Yeah, true that, eh? True that, but... I got to tell you, you remember last week I told you about the the uh, we could have a first time winner. Yeah. Now we're down to four. It's all it's all sorted now. Um, I, I I'll go one step further. We haven't had these four teams haven't won a championship since the merger in 70, uh, 76 and seventy seven. Wow. Uh, the ADA, uh, AMBA, the American National Basketball, whatever it was, um, merged with the NBA, 
and n- neither of these teams. The Hawks were in 70, uh, 58 and the Bucks in 71. So we could have a first-time proper NBA winner. Well, we will. Yeah. We will. Um, but, yeah, I'm... Well, i got a question, though. So how many teams left? Four. How many players is that across four teams? Uh, 13 each roster, so 52, 60 players. So what you're telling me about these teams not making them, how many of those players have actually won a title? I know that fact, right? Three. Wow. Out of all those players in the final four teams, to win a championship, they have it at home, sitting at home, three players. Wow. Yeah, one coach. Yeah, Ty Ty Lue uh, for the Clippers. One, of course, five years ago this week, uh, the Cavaliers came back 3-1 against the Warriors. Oh, it was awesome. I still still see that last block, LBJ, against um, Iguodala. But yeah, Kawhi Leonard, Serge Barker, and uh, Rajon Rondo. And they're all past it. Like, I mean, Kawhi's still good, but, I mean, they're past it. You know, they're they're at the the tail end of their career. But um, three people. To win a championship. These final series are going to be played with passion. Passion. Newbie. First time. Yeah, absolutely. Like, yeah, we are going to see history. Wow. And, I, that, you know, we asked a few weeks ago, you asked, is the is the game in good hands? Well, we just got rid of the Nets. The Bucks got rid of the Nets. Harden's gone. KD's gone. Kyrie Irving's gone. Mate, it's time for, time for the new stars. Wow. Wow. Take it and go. Right. Yeah. Wheels are turning. Absolutely. Well, talk about the wheels, man. Let's touch on the Major League Baseball nice and quickly because the Dodgers have just lost twice to San Diego this week. <laughs> San Diego have been not winning much recently. Uh, they've got the star started lineup. I mean, they're still four and a half points, four and a half games behind San Francisco and the West Division of the National League. But boy, when they play LA, they really lift their game, that's for sure. But I tell you what, I'm not happy about this. Houston, we all know. Well, as soon as you say that, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Stacey. bloody cheaters. And your son, nine and zero run right now, man. <sighs> nine wins in a row. Those fellas are electric. So uh, yeah, watch out. The garbage cans are on their way back. <laughs> Did you hear it first, or has it already <laughs> been heard in the stands? Talking about that, Houston's catcher, dude, dude, dude. There was this video came out this week. Houston's catcher was up to bat. Inside ball, brushes him back, and then I'm not a word of a lie, he blows it. Yeah. It's this little, 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 little quiet one sneaks out the back passage. But it's like someone set him up and they put like talcum powder in his yeah, pants or something. I, it's like he's set. Puff of smoke comes out his butt. He must have just sat in the dugout or something, something. He must have just sat on something and had it on his, on the Knickerbockers, eh? But yeah, it was, yeah. Dude, my farts are so strong, you can see them on national TV. Absolutely, they must have had the heat gun on them. Oh, talking about the heat, bud, um, the Saints, are they still marching? What's happening? Mate, we're still marching. Yeah. We're still in second place. Yeah. But we did get our second loss of the season. I I was about to say second loss of like three, four years, but you know. Um, But no, we did get our second loss to the Hawks Bay Hawks at Hawks Bay. Well, we they talk, had it all over us. Man. To be fair, we talked about Hawks Bay at the beginning of the season. We did. One of the teams, yep. so they're going to be there at the end of the point, the end of the season. Absolutely. So they obviously got a good campaign going as well. Yep, good home crowd. Um, they took it to us. Hey, they they started started pretty strong. I honestly didn't think they'd last. I, you know, they came out with such a hiss and a roar that you know oh, they're going to blow out soon. But they didn't. <laughs> they didn't. They had their own. Uh, Saints had a bit of a comeback, but um, that was it. And then. 
it was all history. Second, second loss in the in the season, but they're still second on the tables. Sharks are still sitting on top. Yep. They've still got games in play, but you yep. know they're they're a quality outfit um, down in Southland. They have been for many many years. And then uh, we've got the Hawks, and then uh, Canterbury Rams are there thereabouts in the in the top four. As we um, count down to, I think it's the twenty third, twenty fourth of um, July yep. at um, Tadapraha Arena in Porirua. Nice final four. Looking forward to that. But so uh, this Saturday will be unusual. Your game because yeah. So no Friday's game, yeah. Friday. So so Friday's game against the Giants was supposed to be in Nelson. That's been moved to next Wednesday. Right. So that's now going to be played next Wednesday in Nelson against the Giants. But Sunday's game um, against the Hawks Bay Hawks, who we lost to last weekend, yeah. um, might be played behind closed doors. So there's a chance for one redemption straight away, mm-hmm. which is what the Saints want to do, right? You well, we also want our 4,500 people that sell out the yeah. last four games. Yeah. To yeah. be there screaming, yeah. but um, if it's not rescheduled till Monday, because ah. of course lockdown uh, or level Good. two is midnight Sunday, it might be Monday night. Yeah. But if not, I have the inside word that I might be having my chance to announce a basketball game in an empty arena. Something different. Absolutely. Right I thought everything. Like, Get I, up right now. Well, 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 no I've way. already got my intro sorted because I change my intro every week. Yeah. If uh, if you ever want to see my one of my intros, just jump on my gram. I'm pretty pretty proud of introducing my team out. Uh, but I've already got the words in my head, so I'll tweak them a bit. But um, hopefully we can go live on Facebook or something like that because all the games are played on Sky. Not everyone's got Sky, but um, they certainly do come down and pack out the pack out the crowd. So hopefully we can we can do something. But um, I'm gonna I'm gonna be the loudest person there, obviously. But um, I'll be I'll be yelling on the behalf of the whole Saints family. But um, it's gonna be weird, man. This COVID, it's gonna. This is the first real time that I've been in a situation where it's really affected me. And yeah, announcing a, a basketball game in an empty stadium, <laughs> I'm I'm nervous as hell, but I'm ex- so excited if if it if it is a chance to. It's all good. You cock it up, no one's there. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> Except for national TV broadcasting it in the background. Yeah, yeah, you definitely hear me in the background. Of course you do. <laughs> all the time. Uh, oh, good bud. Uh, <laughs> um, Wait, we've talked about. We always talk about our other stuff, but we forget about our own game. Yeah. Stuff's been happening in our own game. One thing we didn't talk about last week. Yes. Fastball 45 is coming back. Yes. Dates are set. They Madison Gerbys is on the cover. I know. How did she get that? I don't know. Until you know, I reckon. <laughs> but we're set. I tell you how she got it. She doesn't have a face like a father, man. Game. Yeah, well, thank she's, God. At least she's got a face with her going on a cover. Good yeah. on her. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So another shout-out for a, another little Gerbys doing us proud in, in uh, uh, New Zealand softball. So, of course, Fastball 45 dates are out, people. Organise your, your events. We're going down south. We're going central. We're going back to Rose, Rosedale. So, yeah, put it in the calendar. White Sox. Yeah. New tie, uh, a new squad's been announced. Another three Bromheads. Yeah. How about that? Wow, how cool was that? Young Tyan making the squad. That is outstanding news, man. And Kyla must be just, uh, all of the Bromheads must be just um, grinning or beaming from ear to ear. So I remember asking Kitty, did she ever get a game with Naomi? And she didn't, did she? It was coach, wasn't it? It was at the the latter end. She didn't. 
actually think, get. No, I, can't, I don't think she did get the. So have though. we had? Because I know we haven't had a father son in the uniform in the in the men's. Obviously, father son. But have we had a mother and daughter? Good question. That's one we're going to have to find out, bud. Kyla's I going, have never heard of it. Well, I'm, we're going to have to research that because yeah. that, how good, how good. Do you know what? I reckon Naomi Shaw is the one to ask that too. Yeah, definitely. All right. She's a statistician, man. Yeah, absolutely. Encyclopedia of knowledge. But yeah, some great things coming up with Sopo New Zealand. An announcement week we talked about last week and they've just continued to roll. Oh, of course. Trade stuff back on board. There's more, yeah. more house travel. There's, yeah, there's yeah, lo- lots of, of things, lots of things going on. Yeah. And then the one one more is that we're both involved with that was announced a couple of days ago is that I want everyone to be involved with um, because it's our voices picking these things as Softball New Zealand Awards coming up in August. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Looking forward to that. That's going to be great. The criterias are out. People get your nominations in. I know. <laughs> Male player of the year, female player of the year. Softballer of the year. Remember last year, softballer of the year was Mark Porteous. We've sure got him was. Up in a couple of weeks, uh, fantasy uh, here before he heads off uh, to Tokyo. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they're always great, and of course, recognition of some of our amazing volunteers uh, we have within our game. Um, and uh, so yeah, yeah, personality of the year. That's all coming out on that. Oh, point. personality of the year. Looking forward to those ones. Yeah. As yeah. a as, as someone that. Ca- I'll ask you because you're a very humble person. I know you are, and like you don't talk about any of that stuff. But like you won it a few years ago, and how'd that feel, mate? To be like you know, Sopo New Zealand recognizing you as a, as a personality of the year. Well, a little disappointed to be honest with you. Oh, okay, because I thought it was going to be a piss up. <laughs> and I get there, and he's like, "No booze." I'm like, "What?" I've flown all the way from Auckland, and there is not a single drop. I was like, nah, I'm only joking. And that was, it was great. I took my parents along uh, and popped down for Love the weekend. And um, yeah, I think the cool thing and, uh, and like any award or whatever was um, like any kid, athlete or whatever, you, that your parents are the people that start you in the game or the ones that take you to trainings and all that stuff or whatever. And my mother was one of those people for me earlier on uh, in my softball career. And so I've been able to take them along for a bit of uh, recognition for them more than anything than me. But no, it was cool. It was cool. I mean, I love the game uh, and more than happy to do anything in it uh, to help promote it, i.e. podcast. There you go. Is it on <laughs> uh, streaming. Uh, yeah. Speaking but, of the awards. That's cool. Um, you'll be doing the streaming for that one as well. Yeah. Already just, locked into the videoing? Just signed the, uh, the ink is just drawing on that one with Softball New Zealand. All Pup Broadcasting will be live streaming Softball New Zealand's annual awards uh, this year. And you know, it, it's a new partnership or should I say a more strengthened partnership with Sopo New Zealand to increase the visibility of our game. Nice. Awards is one, major competitions throughout the whole calendar year. Boy, oh boy, it's going to be an amazing summer. I can't wait. I'm already hot. Yeah. I've got a job. That's right. You're right there every time. Every time. Oh, Talking, no. about, yeah. Talking about every time, man. Thomas Mark here last week. That guy has got to be Mr. Consistent every time. Oh, mate, uh, what a career. You know, um, not missing a World Cup, not missing those chances and, and 
Oh, just listening to him, eh? One of another one that could have gone on for hours, and I would have happily sat there and edited it. Yeah, <laughs> but um, what a legend! And um, awesome to get the feedback. We've had so much great feedback from yeah. from people that idolised Thomas for years, and and never thought that hear those kind of words from him. So, you know, that's just like we're just like you guys we're doing this because we're fans and we want to hear these stories as well so to hear the amazing feedback for larry um yeah no special and, and special to have him on the couch retire 21 larry 21 retire 21 i caught that at the end <laughs> nicely done all right fantastic and uh, it was it was a, a, tr- a true treat to have uh larry or thomas mark here uh here on the couch to be on the dugout one of my childhood mates, uh, and known him all of my life, and uh, and and be honest with you, even when I was playing with him, I was a fan of him and have been a fan of him commentating and playing against him ever since. This week, though, but dude, marks the beginning of our Olympic program. You know, we're only a month out from Tokyo, and it's time to ramp it up for our Wahine tour, not just here in New Zealand, mm. but around the world, dude. Let's go international. Our first international guest. All the way to the top, leadoff hitter, outfitter extraordinaire, rakes it like hell. The Team USA, it is Hayley McKinley. I mean, regardless of all the other accomplishments, the one stat I'll just throw out at the start of this and, and, and just to entice people, her career average at Alabama was 475. <laughs> I mean, that's insane, right? What? I know. <laughs> and like on base was... Yeah, it, yeah, was, it was ridiculous. It was ridiculous. So, yeah, no, this is going to be cool. This is going to get um, inside inside word from one of the biggest powerhouses in, in women's softball in the in, in the world, um, from you know professional to college to uh, the backstory of how she got into the game um, and and what it really takes for a young lady in America to succeed in the in the sport that we all love. Um, Hella different. It's going to be completely polar opposites to what people are used to, but it's going to be great that they're going to hear it from um, one of the best to play the game uh, from the States. Well, one thing that sticks out for me, and you're going to hear all about her her sporting uh, career and achievements, but also her academic achievements. You know, you get an All-American. Well, she was like the All-American version of uh, academics, for her awesome. years in there yeah. as well, just phenomenal. It's pretty much whatever's laid in front of her. She's like, mm, I'm just going to smash through that yeah. obstacle and own it. And uh, and she's just done that through her whole career with everything. She's such super motivated, super intelligent, and uh, boy oh boy, no wonder she's at the top of the order for Team USA. Well, I can't wait for the people to hear um, how how she thinks how she talks, um, it's really with uh, authority, uh, very driven, um, and, you know, another person that we've had on the couch or on the Zoom or in the bar that, you know, they're at the top of their game because they speak the talk and talk um, and walk it as well, you know. Like, it's all good saying you want to be the best in the world and, and um, going out and having a couple of trainings and stuff, but it's different studying the game at 13 years old and, and you know, going getting up early and going to bed late and, and just doing the whole package. And, you know, I'm, I'm excited for people to hear this one and I really hope that they've got their little notebooks there and, and taking notes. Now's the time for sure. Only a month out from Tokyo Olympics. Let's get to episode 11. Special guests all the way from 
Team USA it is Hayley McKinley. Let's go. Well, she's five foot four. She hails from Florida these days. It is the superstar center outfielder for Team USA. Hayley McKinney joins us on Beyond the Dugout. Hayley, a welcome. Welcome here to New Zealand. Thank you so much for having me. It's fantastic to have you along. Well, well, where do you start with Haley's history in the game? She has um, started in a small town in Alabama. However, she then moved on to the big stage, played college uh, softball, and then on to the world stage. Now, four World Cups in total, two gold medals out of that at the senior level. Boy, oh boy. But, man, I tell you what, the thing to watch out, apart from her that plays in center field, she just rakes when it comes to the batter's box. Let's uh, start there first. Hitting, is that a passionate uh, thing for you? Yeah, I love hitting. Um, I've always loved hitting. I think um – it's just so fun. I think the back and forth aspect of our game is is so cool and how defense affects offense and how offense affects defense. So coming in after, you know, the pitcher is putting the team on her back and shutting the other offense down, it's so fun to be able to put up run support. So, yeah, hitting in the leadoff spot has always been fun for me, but I definitely like hitting. I definitely like being the spark plug for a team and um, just kind of getting things rolling offensively. Fantastic. Well, let's start the right way. You know you're doing this podcast based in New Zealand, but we go worldwide with it. Uh, the uh, native people of New Zealand, or the original native people of New Zealand, is the Māori people. Now, we have a saying to say hello, and I would like to teach that to you today. So it is simply... Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Kia. Kia. Ora. Ora. Yeah. Kia ora. Kia ora. Boom. First time wonder. Easy. How good is that? Easy. Natural. Natural. I feel cultured now. <laughs> there you go. You can use that for hello. It's a great word, Kia by the way. You can use awesome. it for hello. Thank you. I like it. Yes, please. See you later. All wow. of the above. Ticks the boxes. So Kia Order. Or if you go to Dublin, order. it's yeah. an orange juice. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> the other protocol in New Zealand is we like to know where you're from. So Norhair Queer, what's your genealogy? Haley? where are you from? So, um, American, as far as back as we can, we can trace it. Uh, my name, my last name, McClenny has some Scottish Irish backgrounds. Um, but for the most part, it's, it's native American and, and Scottish Irish. Oh, there you go. Fantastic. And, and at the moment, where do you reside? Uh, currently in Fort Pierce, Florida, um, uh, moved down here, um, right at the height of the pandemic, actually, um, bought a house with my fiance and, um, really cool spot right on the coast, uh, the Atlantic Ocean. Great spot for training, and uh, the weather is usually warm all year round, so I get to be outside a lot. Um, love it down here. Warm all year round. Yeah. That'd be nice. That'd be nice. <laughs> yes, well, it's put, very nice. <laughs> put that in perspective. It's 46 degrees here in Wellington this morning. 6 a.m. to be fair, but still 46 degrees. Crazy. What's that in our temp? I knew you were going to ask that question, of course. <laughs> so we don't do Fahrenheit. I know. We do the five foot, though. We still do that. Well, that's six degrees uh, uh, Celsius uh, for all those Kiwis uh, and the rest, of the rest of the world that's uh, tuned in. Um, Hayley, uh, if we talk about personal life, obviously the daughter of uh, John and Cindy, but you've got two younger brothers as well, Walker and Garrison. What was that family like growing up? Uh, relentless competition in every single thing that we did. Um, growing up with two little brothers definitely made me more tough. 
um, it challenged me in a lot of ways, not only athletically, but just, you know, like emotionally and mentally. Um, I don't think there are a lot of big sisters out there that, you know, aren't mentally tough that, that have two little brothers just constantly push them and egg them on. And, um, you know, we grew up in a time where like nothing was really digital at that time. So when we were bored, we would just go outside and play. Um, and we, we played everything that you could imagine it, whether it was basketball, baseball, uh, football, backyard football. Um, we used to skateboard. We used to ride bikes. We had dirt bikes growing up. Uh, we were just always outside doing something. Um, and I think growing up in that environment gave me all of the physical tools, I think, to be the the softball player that I am now. I think I play the game in a very just raw, athletic type of way. And that's because of playing all the multiple different things that I did when I was growing up. Um, but to just punching that, like, taking everything to the next level um, competition wise is definitely because of my brothers. Like you did not want to lose whatever game it was (laughs) that day because you had to live with it until the next day and it didn't stop. Um, And so if I lost, they were going to let me know about it. If they lost, I was going to let them know about it. It just, it just made us competitive. It made us want to, you know, always be at the top of our game and always want to, you know, continue to get better. And I'm still, still riding that wave, you know, 20, 20 years later. Constant bragging rights. <laughs> constant yes, bragging constant rights. and permanent bragging rights, for in sure. your face. Absolutely. <laughs> um, let's talk about your journey in softball. Where did that start for you? Five years old. Um, I, I wanted to play softball. Um, I was very fortunate, actually, that you know a local community actually had softball available to play. Um, growing up in Alabama, um, and especially in a really small town, there weren't a lot of girls softball programs around. Um, if, you know, if you wanted to play softball, you yeah. usually had to start in baseball and then you wouldn't play until, you know, you got into, you know, late elementary, early junior high is when you would make the switch over to softball. So I started playing softball, softball from a very early age. Um, my dad played baseball at Samford university, which is, um, a division one school in Birmingham. Yes. And I, he was a coach too growing up. So I just, I always went to these, these practices when I was little and watched my dad coach and, you know, swing a bat and play catch. And, um, as soon as he took me to sign up when I was five, um, as soon as I played the game, it was just T-ball at the time. But like, I knew that that, that it was something I wanted to do for a long period of time. Um, never imagined I'd be doing it 20 years later, but, but here I am. And, um, just played it all the way through rec ball to travel ball to college ball. And then now professionally and internationally, it's, it's been a crazy journey. That's for sure. Well, a fantastic journey and one to marvel at Damon. And uh, without a doubt, we're going to get into a long story career that is still blossoming uh, for you, Haley, at this point. What about softball that actually makes it tick and, and does it for you? For me, it's, it's trying to be perfect at a game, knowing you're never going to be perfect. Um, it's that relentless pursuit of perfection that you're never going to achieve. Um, so there's always room to get better. There's always, you know, new philosophies out there on hitting or on defense or the game is just always evolving. And I think that, um, that speaks to the beauty of it. Um, and really makes it one of the more entertaining games in the world. Um, you know, I think softball and baseball are probably the only sports where, you know, you can fail six out of 10 times at the plate and still be considered, you know, an elite level talent um, where you yeah. fail more than you succeed. So that's pretty crazy. Um, our game is so difficult yeah. when you put it in perspective like that. So um, I think um, 
it's one of the most difficult games to play um, physically, but it's also one of the more challenging games to play mentally and emotionally as well. Cause you have to be able to deal with failure and adversity. If you can't, this game is not for you. So there's just a lot of really strong men and women that play this game. Um, and that's the coolest part, I think for me. Haley, uh, you go on uh, after high school to Alabama, uh, especially for our international viewers. How did that come about? Yeah, um, you know, playing uh, club softball um, definitely helps that. Um, and I, I mean, I was a local kid. I only grew up about 45 minutes away from the university. So um, once I got into, you know, the elite level uh, club ball, really as soon as Coach Murphy came knocking on the door um, with a scholarship offer, as soon as I went on a visit down there, I knew that was the place that I wanted to be at. Um, I knew it was a place that was going to not just make me a better player. I think a lot of college programs can do that, but going to the university of Alabama made me a better human being. And I use so many of those lessons like every single day in my life. And I'm going to continue to use them after my playing career is over. Um, so yeah, coach, coach Murphy came knocking. It was uh, it was a pretty quick recruiting process for me. I looked at yeah. some other places, but um, the family atmosphere, staying close to home, being around my family, um, not missing out on my brothers growing up. Um, that was important to me. So it was, it was a pretty easy decision and still one of the best decisions I've ever made in my entire life. Fantastic. Uh, before we talk about coach, uh, your parents, um, getting to be able to watch you regularly because just down the road, basically, uh, you know, mm-hmm. how was that for them? It was great for them. Um, not having to pay for hotels every weekend. That yeah. helped a yeah. lot financially, yeah. I think still raising the boys too. Um, but I mean, having my parents in the stands means so much to me. Um, they've been there since, you know, I was five, six. So having them all the way through the entire thing, um, meant a lot, you know, even just going after the games and being able to vet if I had a bad game to my parents or being able to celebrate if we had a good game, you know, it's, it's important, you know, family's important for me to have in those moments. Um, and I'm really, really grateful that they were able to share so many of those experiences with me. And um, even on the international stage too, I still like cherish so much every game that they get to watch. It's fewer now because, you know, I moved to Florida and, you know, playing internationally, you play in different countries, not just different States, you know? So it's a little bit more difficult to, to come out and watch. And um, I still cherish so much when they're in the stands. It just, it just means a lot looking up, you know, if you do something cool, looking up at your parents is, I don't care how old you get. That's, that's a really special thing. Absolutely. A little bit on your stats at Alabama. Uh, and you know these, but I don't know if your viewers may not know, but I mentioned at the beginning <laughs> of the podcast, she just rakes in the batter's box. She finishes all-time betting average leader for Alabama with a 447 uh, career betting average, uh, 569 uh, on-base percentage. Uh, you're all over the walks, the triples, and uh, and, you're, and you're stealing bases like uh, like you own them. Um, you, you know, a, a career like that at Alabama, what did it feel like? It was special. It was special. I mean, we have a really storied program. Um, a ton of, ton of really talented kids have come through there, um, that have gone on to do really great things. And so for me to be, you know, up there with them is really special. Um, but for me to be an in-state kid and to do that, I think is really special as well. Yeah. Um, you know, softball wasn't, you know, a lot of, a lot of kids, I guess, in the college game will come from, you know, the powerhouse states of you know the Californias, the Florida's, the Texas, yeah. um, 
you know, very rarely do you have a, a kid, you know, grow up in a town with 2000 people, um, goes to play for her hometown school and ends up, you know, being in the record books. Um, you know, for, for me, that was really special to be able to do it as an in-state kid and, um, show other, show other young women in the state of Alabama that you can do it. Um, you can compete at the highest level. Um, your career is going to be what you make it out of the resources that you have. So just use what you can and, um, you know, go out, have fun and do the best you can and just see where it takes you. That's all, that's all I did. That's all I tried to do. And it ended up working out for me. You used the word career there, Haley. Um, when did it actually start to become serious for you? Like, I'm sure well before the recruitment process and even thinking of going to Alabama. Yeah, that probably started like early high school for me. Um, I've always been someone that uh, likes to have fun when I play. I try not to take the game too seriously. Um, so for me, like even through the recruiting process, it was just like, no, I'm just, I'm just going to have fun. Like playing softball is just what I love to do. Um, it wasn't really until probably like my sophomore year of college where I started to take a more professional approach to the game in terms of, you know, like studying the video and analyzing my swing and getting serious about the sports performance, weightlifting, speed training aspect of things. Um, and once that happened, that's when things started to really take off for me. So I was, I was, I finally started to couple that natural God given ability that I had with the professionalism aspect of it. And I've continued to just try to be more professional every year that I get to play. Um, and I think you can see that in the, you know, hope, like the consistency that I think that I bring. Um, and I, I like the numbers prove that like I've been around, I'm continuing to get better. I still feel like I have more left in the tank, um, which is crazy to think about um, being, you know, almost six years out of college, but um, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. And that's a testament to why more and more young women should continue to play. Because if I was done after college, I would have never known that I had this like ability in myself to continue to get better. Nice. Really nice. Haley, I hope you take this the right way. But look, you are a five foot four scrawny kid who goes yeah. to Alabama. How did you become the hitter that just rakes it? It's you you have to be strong. Um you got to be strong and you got to be fast. I mean, for me, I knew, I knew I wasn't going to be the team's leading home run hitter. That was never going to be me. Um, I was going to be the table setter. Like I needed to be the spark plug to be able to get on base either with a single or hopefully a double or a triple. Um, so I just started, I started lifting weights, uh, really heavily. Um, right when I got into college, I had a really good high school strength program as well, but college just took on a whole different meaning. Um, for me, had a couple of really good coaches around me, uh, put on 20 pounds of muscle from freshman to sophomore year. And the, the power numbers just jumped up for me. I went from, you know, a slapper who was, you know, just trying to beat out ground balls to first base to a consistent, I wouldn't classify myself as a power hitter cause I didn't, I didn't have the home run numbers, but yeah. I would consistently hit the ball hard down the line, get a triple drive the ball in the gap, started off with a double. So, um, and that's continued, you know, even into my career now. Um, I don't slap nearly as much as I used to. I still can when I need to, when I need to pull it out of my back pocket. But for the most part, I'm trying to hit the ball really hard um, and try to try to get some extra bases. And if I get a single, I still want to be that stolen base threat to, to, you know, turn a single into a double, into a triple, and then just let my teammates punch me in behind me. So um, the weightlifting aspect for me was huge. Um, and it showed up in the numbers. 
It, it sure has, and, and you've taken that to a uh, to to a new level now. Obviously, uh, you majored in that. You now have a master's in that line mm-hmm. as well. Uh, might I add, runs in the family with yes. dad as well, right? Uh, mm-hmm. and his dad degree. and brother. Yeah, yeah, yeah which is uh, fantastic. But I should have said, Damien, it's not just lead off batter starting center footer, but Coach McLeany, right? Yeah, I'm. I'm actually the uh, the strength and conditioning coach for USA softball as well. Wow. So I run. Okay, uh, I just I lead off team lifts and and all of that. Yeah, pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. I just so lead off until you tell yourself you're not. No. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Can, um, can I just ask, yeah. um, in regards to that high school setup and, and college? Can we talk about the the management? You talk about strength and conditioning. I couldn't imagine any of our teams over here having strength and conditioning at high school. So, can we just talk about that management? Like, how many coaches would you have getting you getting you in, in the setup? Yeah. So, at, in my public high school, we had one strength coach. It was a um, it was a, an assistant football coach, right. but he was in charge of all of our. Um, it was our PE class. Yeah. Um, we called it athletics. So mm-hmm. all of the athletes would lift weights during that time. And if you were a non-athlete, you would essentially just be in a normal uh, physical education class. So that's how we incorporated it into our public schools. But now, I mean, in the States, now you've got private high schools and public high schools hiring full-time strength and conditioning coaches um, for their kids. Um, this realm of sports performance has really taken off um, since I was in high school, you know, back in like, 2010, 2011, 2012. Um, and it's helped a ton of kids, not only um, just developing athleticism, but keeping them healthy too. Um, you know, I think that was a big part of, you know, my my journey as an athlete was I was always available. I was never really injured severely, knock on wood. Um, but I, that's the biggest asset you have as an athlete, right? It's just your availability to play and continue to play at a high yeah. level. Yeah. Um, so it just, it kept me healthy. It's still keeping me healthy. Um, that's a really, really important part of our development process over here in the States for sure, especially the female side. It's really easy to convince, you know, boys to lift weights. They want to lift weights. They want to get bulky or whatever. Yeah. Women don't want to do that. So you have to sell it to, to young female athletes. Is like, no, you need to be available. You don't need to be hurt. You need to feel good when you're playing. You need to feel strong when you're playing. Strong is not a bad thing. Um, and we've we've made a lot of progress in that realm too. You touched on at the beginning uh, the gentleman who came and recruited you is obviously the famous Patrick uh, Murphy, uh, head coach for Alabama. Uh, a couple of things with him. One, uh, he's been there since the inception of the softball program, Alabama, twenty three seasons uh, now. Uh, two, what was it like to be coached uh, by him? It was a dream come true for me. Um, like I said, being a hometown kid and going to the University of Alabama is special, but uh, Murph just made my college experience, I think, exactly what any college athlete should experience. Um, I got to be a student. I got to grow. I had the freedom to make my own choices and make my own mistakes and learn from them. Um, and he was always just kind of that constant mentor, that constant guide of, you know, this is, this is what you're good at. Let's, let's explore these classes. Like this, these are your leadership skills. This is what you need to improve on. How can we take this, improve on this and make you the best leader that you can possibly be? Um, and servant leadership is such a big thing for him. Um, and I know that's something that I take from Alabama with me to the national team as well. Um, and really just like a heart of humility, a heart of 
of selflessness. Um, it doesn't matter. That's the funny thing about Murph is he recruits insanely talented kids, but that the, the talent doesn't matter to him. What matters is like how good of a person you become in your four years while you're there. So he really invests in the the person over the athlete. Um, don't get me wrong. He still challenges us and he taught me things softball wise that I still use to this day. Any college coach can do that though. Any qualified college coach can do that, but not every college coach is going to invest in you as a human being. Um, and that's something Murphy went above and beyond to do and still does. Like he'll still text me and call me and, um, check in on me, make sure I'm doing okay. You know, ask how the team is doing, ask if he can help in any way. Um, and he's someone that I trust and I know that I'm always going to have in my corner no matter what. That's the cool thing. It's like, it wasn't just for four years. Like our relationship wasn't just for four years. He's, he's still one of the biggest mentors in my life. That's awesome, man. That is awesome. And a true legend of the game uh, is Coach Murphy. And uh, obviously what he's done for that uh, program over 23 years uh, is, uh, is, is simply outstanding. Uh, This year's college world series, man, what did you think? Crimson Tide. Man, it's crazy. (laughs) They, they had such a good year, man. I wish they would have finished it, but I think they're going to, I think they're going to be able to rebuild next year. Uh, Montana Fouts is an absolute stud in the circle. Um, she was actually able to spend some time with us with the national team this past week, um, just come in to help us and throw to us so we could get some live at bats. And, um, she's got a really good head on her shoulders. She wants to get better. She's like hungry to get better. Nice. Um, so I, I think the team is going to feed off of that. And obviously Lexi Kilfoyle in the circle too is, has really contributed and kind of grown into her own. Um, they had such a good year. Alabama did. Like I said, I wish they could have closed the door, but I think Oklahoma was just a little bit too loaded for everybody. Honestly. Um, they've got a really good program up there in Norman, but, uh, I mean, I think the story of the whole postseason was James Madison, right? Odyssey Alexander, oh, yeah. freaking, yeah, just taking the whole game over. So How cool that's is that? cool. That's yeah. cool for our sport. It's awesome that you know mid-major programs are able to make a run at the World Series. It keeps things interesting, and it you know it, it gets more eyes on our game, which is is really important as we continue to move forward. Well, a couple of, a couple of things on that, uh, um, Fouts. I got to see her uh, or commentate her actually in Irvine for the U nineteen World Cup. Uh, yeah. And she was outstanding in, in that event. Uh, unlucky or lucky, take it either way, uh, but Faremo was on that pitching staff as well. Yep. She is a beast. I took photos of her and sent them to my friends in New Zealand. I said, this girl pitches like a guy, man. She is wicked. Rice ball is good. And uh, she's going to have a wicked career at UCLA. I'm waiting to see how that progresses as uh, as she gets older. Got a little clip here of you uh, um, dancing in the outfield with your uh, Alabama oh, yeah. teammates. So uh, we just have a quick <laughs> look at that. You can tell us, like, is having fun a key aspect um, to Sopple for you? Absolutely. Absolutely. It. I mean – for me, like I'm 26, almost 27 years old. And I still play this game. Like I'm, you know, 14, 15, 16, where it's still the most fun part of my day. I'm just out there hanging out with my best friends. Like, you know, I, there's no point in continuing to play the game as long if you're not having fun doing it. Um, and for me, not only is it like a, a personal aspect of like, I enjoy the process of getting better as an individual but I love so much watching my teammates put in work through their own processes and finding that success for themselves. 
that's, that's what gets me so excited and so, uh, really just happy. And so being able to share that bond with them of like, you're getting better, I'm getting better. We're continuing to get better as a unit. Um, that's what makes it so fun and it's so fun to compete and it's so fun to win. So you're always going to find me on a field, smiling, laughing, joking around, um, and competing my butt off. Cause that's just, just who I am. It's just what I do. Been doing it since, you know, we talked about it, been doing it since, you know, I was in the backyard with, with Walker and Garrison. And it's just, it just happens to be my teammates. Now it's the same Haley. Um, I want to win. I want to win badly, but I also want to have a really good time doing it. So that's just me. Fantastic. Let's have a look, look at this clip here. Also, I want to ask you the question on the back end of this clip when it finishes, uh, for the, especially for the young female athlete in New Zealand and around the world, what is it like to play around such big uh, crowds and stadia at big events like this? That's so fun. One Haley, we can see the fun that you have when you're out there with your teammates, obviously getting ready for an innings there or something. But uh, what is it like to play uh, in that environment? In this case, college um, softball, but and amongst the crowd like that, it's amazing. Um, I think it's just a testament to the growth of our sport as a whole. Um, you know, it's it's really cool to be able to feel like people are invested in you. Um, and that's what playing in front of those crowds feels like. Um, it can take a little bit getting used to. I know there were a few crowds, you know, my freshman and sophomore year of college where, um, you know, I was a little bit nervous because there were so many people in the stands watching you. But at some point, you know, you kind of you kind of grow out of that and realize it's just it, – and it goes back to, you know, having fun and trying to entertain people and um, having a good time playing a game you love with, with people you love. So um, – it's fun. I've played in front of, you know, tens of thousands of, of fans all over the world. And like I said, it's just really cool for our sport to be able to experience that. And, um, for more and more young women to continue to experience that, not just in the States, but around the world too. So it's, it's pretty awesome. Fantastic. I, I tell you the, the cool thing, just from a uh, perspective for you to know, uh, obviously the College World Series now is huge internationally. The viewership is, is just off the charts. In New Zealand, uh, people are talking about it at the water cooler in the morning at the office and <laughs> things like that. I mean, uh, uh, the reach of the game, you know, is is massive especially when it's put together so well as it's done in the state. So so that's uh, that's fantastic. Let's talk a little bit about your international career now. So first uh, selection was the uh, junior uh, junior team for US Team USA, mm-hmm. uh, and you went to the World Championships in 2013. Where was that and what was that like? We were in uh, Toronto, Canada for the Junior World Championships. Um, and it was really it was a really cool experience for me. Um, I had just finished my freshman year of college. Yeah. Um, and just got a chance to wear the USA Jersey for the first time. And it was amazing. Um, met a lot of talented kids, played, played with a lot of talented kids. And it's funny, like we have, um, I was on that team. Kelsey Stewart was on that junior national team. Ali Aguilar was also on that junior team. So there's three Olympians right there just from that 2013 junior team roster. So I think it speaks to our selection process, um, and kind of the systems that we have set up here in the States. Um, but also too, like the 
it's so cool to look back about like the, the growth, um, of, of us as players and individuals within the USA program, us, you know, making the roster, making the senior roster in 14, winning world championships in 2016 and 18, and now going to win a, hopefully to win a gold medal in, in 2021. Um, it's, it's cool. You can, you can visibly see when you look back on it, you can see the growth, how much we've grown as a program. Um, so it's, it's pretty cool. Eight years now I've been playing international softball. It's kind of crazy. I know it is. It's crazy indeed. And, and look, to be fair, we can't wait for you to play another eight more. So just saying. Yeah. But, but we, we <laughs> I'll t- hold on as long as I can. Yeah, we, we talk about debuting or being selected for the first time for the senior side uh, for USA. When was that? And who gave you the phone call? Was it a phone it was call? 2004, yeah, it was 2014. Um, it was actually an email that I got, email I received. Um I got invited to tryouts. I had a really good summer um, on the junior team that year. And at the time, softball wasn't in the Olympics. Yeah. So um, not a lot of not a lot of people um, on the pro side were playing internationally for Team USA. So they were looking to a lot of college kids. And it was my sophomore year of college. Um, so I got the invite in 2014, had a good tryout, um, got the email um, from the director of national teams, Ronnie Isom. Mm-hmm. Um and it was cool. I've, I, I'll never forget seeing my name. I was in my dorm room in Alabama, and I'll never forget seeing my name on that roster for the first time. Um, Reaction? It was pretty cool. It was pretty cool. Just, like, awe. Um, you know, making the junior team is one thing, and uh, wearing USA on your chest for that is one thing. But when you do it on the senior level, um, it just means a little bit more, I think. Um and I really never would have imagined that I would have been on the team, you know, every single year from 2014 until now sitting here in 2021. But um, it's just crazy. It's crazy. Can we just put numbers out there? How many, what, what's your pull? What, what are you getting picked from when you first made that? Like what, what are your camps? Uh, is there, is it drop down from a thousand girls to a hundred girls to, down to the squad or how does your systems work? It varies um, depending upon the year. Um, I don't remember how many women got invited to that first national team tryout in 2014. Um, But typically you have um, the selection process is a certain amount of women are invited to try out. And then through either uh, it could be a week, it could be two weeks. um, You basically just scrimmage um, each other. So each pitcher throws to the same amount of batters each batter gets the same number of at bats off of the same pitchers. Um, and a selection committee evaluates you based on your performance. Um, and there's a character piece that goes into that as well. So they'll get background information on you from, from college coaches, from former teammates. Um, they'll observe you in the dugout, all of that fun stuff. Um, and then from that trial, uh, tryout process, they pick the international roster for that year depending upon what events we're playing in. Um, it could be anywhere from 15 to, to 18 on that roster. So it's, wow. um, it's a pretty grueling tryout process. It's yeah. a lot of, of reps. It's a lot on your body for sure. So the physical conditioning aspect comes, it comes into play as well, but um, that's how we've done it for every year that I've been on the team. Um, and then, once we got voted back in in 2016 for the Olympics, we had a really big tryout in 16 yeah. 
a smaller tryout in 17, smaller in 18, and smaller in 19, just because we wanted some of that continuity um, from team to team, year to year, building up, you know, towards the Olympics. If we talk about back in 2014, what gets Haley McLean selected? Versatility. It's got to be versatility for me. I mean, it was um, ability to get on base and then just make things happen. Um, you couple that with pretty good defense out in the outfield. Um, I think how our roster was selected was um, we're going to pitch well, we're going to play really good defense, and we're going to get people that can put the ball in play and move people around. Um, and I think I fit that mold pretty well. Can drive runs in when I need to. Um, can be a spark plug when I need to be. Can move people when I need to move people. Um, there's multiple tools. I think you see that even now on our roster as well. We don't have, you know, a lot. There's there's probably two single tool pitchers, and everyone else can do a multitude of different things. Yeah. We can hit for power. We can lay down a sack bunt. Yeah. We play really good defense. We can move people when we need to. We have really good hand-eye coordination to put down hits and runs and slaps and runs and squeezes if we need to execute a squeeze. Um, there's just a lot of versatility. And I think that's valuable when you have a roster of only 15 Fantastic. Um, I mean, when you hear about that and, and, and what the approach is, uh, uh, Damien, it kind of it brings it down. Isn't it? There's a couple of key things there, isn't it? Versatile, being strong, being available, having the mindset. And you, no wonder you got selected. You, you just tick all those boxes. I can imagine it wasn't a tough choice uh, for, the, uh, for the coaching staff uh, at the time. If we look through your international career, obviously three senior World Cups, 14, 16 and 18, two gold medals, one silver. It was what Canada, Netherlands, uh, and then Japan, the last one. I know it's hard to gloss over the whole lot, but if there's a highlight out of those three, what is it for you? Yeah, it's it's got to be the the World Championships in 2018. Um, and just um, coming back from a deficit, we were down, I think, 3 nothing early in that game. Um, and we just kept going back and forth with them. I think Coach Erickson made like 10 different pitching changes. I think all of our pitchers ended up pitching twice. It was like, it was just an unbelievable game um, from start to finish. And we ended up, Kelsey Stewart got the walk-off hit, dogpiled on the field. Um, we had qualified for the Olympics just by making it to that game because yeah. Japan had the automatic yep. automatic bigs they were hosting. Um, but for us to, to win that game against Japan – in Japan, going into the 2020 Olympics in Japan, it was just a full kind of circle moment for a lot of us. Um, and we have a lot of women on our team, our, our Olympic team, that were a part of that 2018 run. So, um, yeah, that, that, one was, that one was pretty special. Haley, I want to ask a little bit as your role as a center fielder. We're going to play a clip now of you uh, diving for a catch in the uh, Athletes Unlimited uh, competition. And just do you pride yourself on the ability? I mean, this is a superwoman catch running back to your left. How do you do yeah. that? Osterman. This is uh, right home worthy for Shao. Trying to put the bat on the ball. Hit well, center field, a lot of wind. Will it stay in the ballpark? Oh my goodness! Haley McClenny, how'd you make that play? Unbelievable defense in center by one of the best in the world. 
I think she shocked herself a little bit. She is on the full out run layout. Wow, love it. And it is, I mean, it's the wind, right? The wind plays such a factor and that's why this catch is really so difficult. The way she has to track it, the flags are literally blowing like crazy. And you see the, oh my God, coming from Xiao. And that's, you gotta tip your cap to one of the best in the world, best in this league and Haley McClenny. One run. Yeah, I love, I love playing outfield. Um, there's nothing more satisfying to me than taking a hit away from someone that thinks they got to a pitcher I'm playing behind. Um, for me, that's what defense is all about. Just protecting the pitcher, giving the, giving the pitcher freedom to know that she doesn't have to be perfect. If she, if she lets one get hit, if she, as long as she keeps it in the park, like I will do my best to catch it. And I feel like I can get to a lot of stuff. So, um, it's just about hyping the pitcher up and giving her the confidence to, to get out knowing that, that she's got people that have her back out there in the grass. So. You talk about hyping the pitcher up. I saw a clip of you uh, for Alabama when you made top 10, uh, sports center top 10 play. You remember it was like number three, right? And you were diving to your right side. You come running in from the outfield. You were jacked when you got back to yeah. your teammates. <laughs> I, I mean, like this jacked and you were jacked. Softball on Friday, number two Alabama taking on Southern Illinois, Edwardsville, Haley McCleaney. Outstanding diving grab in center. Bama wins it 13-3. They advance to play SC Upstate for a spot in the regional final. Roll Tide and Haley showing off the... Yeah. Yeah, I play, I play with a lot of passion. Um, I think defense turns into offense. I think our game is just so momentum-based. And so if, if I make a good play or if someone else on my team makes a good play, you want to ride that wave as long as you can. Like, turn it into something good on the offensive side. And... Um, get excited and entertain people too. I mean, we're playing in front of crowds. That's what, that's what people want to see. Right. So, um, ride the wave as long as you can ride the wave. I love it. Uh, look, I know you're sponsored by Easton and, um, uh, picked up a clip here, which we're going to put together for you, um, which, uh, shows a little bit. And we've seen your hitting. I've watched quite a bit of your hitting to see what type of video I'm a lefty as well. So I do love the ability that you, you've got both right slapping and hitting. Um, but mm -hmm. I noticed one thing and, and, and you kind of, um, highlighted in your, uh, promo video with Easton, and it's kind of like left foot in, then this, and then head down before you go to work. Yeah. Nice. I love everything about hitting. I love the feeling of a bat in my hands. I hit my cleats. I put my left foot in the box. I bow my head a little bit, and I'm ready to go. Like, I do that literally every single time, and I know it's helped me out a lot in the 17 years that I've played touch, where you can lay down a bunt, and it's got enough pop where you can hit a ball over the fence if you need to. Wow. Put the sword back in the why head down? Head, it's it's me really just visualizing the result that I want to come to pass. Um, it's about just me getting that zen moment, um, really being able to get in a flow right before um, I step in the box. And I think, too, when I close my eyes and put my head down, everything goes dark, obviously, for a second, so it makes everything brighter when I open it back up. And so I think it just really helps me focus a lot more pitch to pitch um, makes the ball seem brighter to me um, helps my vision a lot um, you can't hit what you can't see right so anything that you can do to to kind of help that process um, that's what works for me going dark and then just bringing it bringing it back to life 
That's pretty cool, Damien, isn't it? Yeah, trying to yeah get that insight of uh, of why you do it. I mean, I noticed it. Everyone has their own thing, right? Their own setup as they come into the batter's right. box, and that's you, right? That's you, right? Yeah, fantastic. Well, uh, with the pandemic last year, obviously everything got put on hold for for a fair while. Um, you made a, a big decision last year and uh, chose to come out with your partner and, of course, engaged, uh, which is fantastic. Uh, you know, and I've read a great article about that, a big step for you. Yeah, really big step. Um, really awesome step. Really happy step uh, for us. Uh, you know, growing up in a small town in Alabama, um, very conservative town in Alabama, Um I think it was important for me to just really like find myself and find my truth. And Kylie was such a big part of that. And so, um, for me to finally, you know, feel in a good enough place, uh, to feel free enough to put myself out there in that way, um, was awesome. And the support I received was absolutely incredible. Um, so yeah, really big step, really exciting step and looking forward to getting married after the Olympics. So. You know what, Haley? In New Zealand, uh, we have a couple of sayings, especially around sport and, and our sport, sport of softball, about being yourself. Uh, and you mm-hmm. doing that makes you a wahine tua. Wahine tua is a female warrior and uh, and a leader. I'll wear that. Yeah, and and good on you for being yourself. And it's amazing too, right? Because I, I think in anyone's lifestyle, if you're happy in yourself. You're going to be great at whatever right. you choose, whether it's softball or noughts and crosses, whatever you want to do, right, in life. Right. If you're happy in yourself, man, you're going to make great things uh, in your future. So that's just a fantastic, uh, fantastic story. Can't wait to see what you do with that weight off your shoulders. Yeah, right? It's amazing. <laughs> if we look ahead to uh, Tokyo now, uh, um, you, we talk about, obviously, there are six, only six teams that are qualified for Tokyo. And to be fair... I don't want to say that the World Championships or the number one billing has been a two-horse race between USA and uh, and Japan, but boy, boy, the, the talent this year, Mexico, Canada, Netherlands, Australia, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it, it is open. It is open, this one, right? Yeah. The, I, this is the most deep Olympic tournament, I think, in our sports history. Rightfully so. I think our sport is has grown so much all over the world um and it's being played at the highest level that it's ever been played so i think it's only right for us to have the deepest olympic tournament uh this year and especially for it being in japan you know the people of japan just absolutely adore baseball and softball so um for us it's going to be we know it's going to be one of the hardest weeks the hardest tournaments that we've ever played in as a unit um but that's exactly what you want, right? You don't want a gold medal handed to you. You know, you want to go out there and earn it and fight and claw and um, do whatever you have to do to get it. So it's uh, it's going to be good. One through six, um, definitely we're not going to be able to take a game off whatsoever. Anybody can be beat on any any, any given day. Um, you saw that in the Women's College World Series. So yeah. there's no there's no reason you shouldn't expect that in the Olympics either. So we've got to do our job to be prepared and, and get ready and take care of business when we need to take care of business. Does Haley McKinley envisage standing on top of the podium? Absolutely. <laughs> think of, it's the first thing I think about when I wake up every morning, like what am I doing to win a gold medal today? That's, that's how it's been for the past two years um, since I got named to this roster. Um, how can I be better for myself today? How can I be better for my team today? Um, how can I lead my team better today? 
um, all those things go through your mind. Um, and that's priority. Priority A right now is coming back home with a gold medal. Um, you know, Japan won in 2008. We don't want to give that back to them. So uh, we want to take, take back, um, take back the gold. So I just want to go back a step uh, going back to now being back in the Olympics, did it change your mm-hmm. program at all? Did, um, did it up the game for you guys? Did you get more funding? Like uh, over here, if it's an Olympic sport, you know, we get a bit more looked after from the government. W- what is it like for you guys? Yeah, pretty much the same for us. Um, if you're in the Olympics full time, um, the United States Olympic and Paralympic committee, um, and rightfully so will invest more resources into those full time Olympic sports. So for us, this, these past two years have been, um, the most resources and funding that, that we've ever had in our program's history, um, which is great. And I think that, um, it proves that when you invest in something from a funding and resources standpoint, you're going to get a better product and you're going to get better athletes. And so we've all been able to focus full time on our training for the last two years because of the support we've gotten from the USOPC and from USA softball. And our game has shown that and improved that. Um, we've gotten better, um, gotten more professional, um, and we're going to have no doubt like the best USA softball roster that's ever been assembled come, you know, our first game in Tokyo. So scary. Yeah, it's it's helped a lot. <laughs> Fantastic. At the Standby Her Tour, what has that been like uh, as far as um, feedback from the public, the fans? Uh, it's been great. Uh, our fans have been absolutely awesome. Um, just supporting us, um, especially, you know, it's, it's been difficult since our families aren't going to be able to be in Tokyo. Um, so for us getting to play in front of fans the past few months or so, um, our parents being able to come to some games, um, it's been really awesome for us to just kind of have that send off piece of we're behind you. We support you go do what you need to do, go get the gold medal, bring it home, and we'll be here to support you when we get back. Um, and really just to, from our perspective, too, um, I think the majority of the softball community wants to invest in the next generation of players. Um, we want to leave it better than we found it. Nice. Uh, and so for us to be able to look up in the stands and see, like for me to look up in the stands and see a kid wearing my jersey, like that, that will never get old to me. That's yeah. the coolest freaking thing in the world, so. Um, that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to leave the game better than we found it and inspire young women to keep playing this game as long as they possibly can. Is that a weight on your shoulders as well? I don't think so. Um, nice. I mean, you, you can look at it one of two ways. Um, for me, it's just, you know, it's, it's more of a dream come true, really. Um, it just makes you grateful. Fantastic. Um, looking ahead, uh, and it's hard to go past uh, Yukiko Ueno uh, for Japan. Yeah. Uh, and I know she's at the twilight of her career. To be fair, she probably should have been 10 years ago was the twilight of her career. But she just keeps on going. Yeah, she's she's amazing. You know, how do you combat yeah. her? She's, she's a legend of our sport for a reason. Yeah. Um, you know, she's a true professional too. The fact that she's continued to play as long as she has and um, continue to get better. That's the crazy part about a pitcher like Wayno, um, and really just the entire team of Japan too. Um, just their culture of professionalism and how they approach the game is, is so admirable and respectable. Um, 
Wayno is still one of the toughest pitchers I've ever had to face in my career. Um, but we have a deep staff as well. I think that's one of the ways that, um, that you, that you compete against somebody like Wayno is you have a deep pitching staff on the other side, but you also have offenses that can just put things in motion. Um, I think our game has gotten a little too home run happy. We've lost kind of that small ball aspect. Um, and you see that too. I mean, you saw that with Florida State's run at the Women's College World Series, who is assistant coach Travis Wilson, a, a, a native of New Zealand. He sure um, is. Yeah, but sure is. he, uh, I mean, look at what small ball did for you. Yeah. Like it, it let it let Florida State just go on this incredible tear. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Squeeze. You plays. can't swing for the fit. You can't swing for the fences against the pitcher like Wayno. You're never going to find success. That's what she wants you to do. Um, you just gotta, you gotta play pepper with it. You gotta do small stuff. Um, let her provide the velocity and power, put things in motion and try to scrap as many runs across as you can and hope you just score, you know, one more than the other team. That's exactly what happened in the 2018 world championship game. We used every single pitcher more than once, I think, and Mm. just found a way to score, to score last. So, so will we see Team USA use like a squeeze play as part of a repertoire to to maybe push a run across? Sure, why not? <laughs> I think expect the unexpected. We yeah. can we can do whatever we need to do. That's the beauty of our roster. We can hit a home run if we need to. We can drive a double in the gap if we need to. We can have some slappers cause some mayhem on the bases for you. We'll squeeze you home. We'll do a hit and run from third base. I mean, we'll we'll do whatever it takes. Um, and so will Japan, so will Australia, so will Canada, so will Mexico. That's the beauty of – and so will Italy. Like, that's the beauty yeah. of the international game is um, it's not just a home run derby. There's always stuff in motion. Um, and you always have to expect the unexpected from whoever is playing. You talk about being in motion. Just a couple of quick questions left because I know you've got to go. And thank you so much for your time, Haley. Uh, with one of the speedsters in all those international squads, especially the Japanese, and how fast they are on the pace path, mm-hmm. if they're standing on second base and a single's driven to you at center field, do you change your approach on that? Do you, do you start in a little earlier or closer? Or ha- how do you combat that pace at second base running? Yeah, most of – depending on the speed of the runner at second base um, – you know, you're you're going to play a single gets hit to me, I've got to be able to throw her out at four. Mm-hmm. So wherever that puts me, um, that, that's where I'm going to play. Typically, I trust our pitchers to not let me get beat over my head, and I also trust my range going back on a ball. Yeah, we still got in that clip before. You can get back. Yeah. As, as an outfielder, like, I don't want to get beat in front of me. If you beat, if you beat me behind me, that means you, you did your job as a hitter. You got the barrel to the ball and you, you crushed a pitch. Yeah. I trust our pitchers enough to not let that happen. So I don't want to get beat on the miss hit. I don't want to get beat on a soft single, um, that lets a run score. So, um, that's, that's worked for us in the past. I think that's a big part of our defensive philosophy is, um, people are on base, our jobs, throw them out. That's priority number one. Um, just before we get to the last couple of things, did you have something, Damien? Because uh, we put it out to the people to ask you any questions, we did have one mm-hmm. inquisitive Kiwi come back, uh, Rebecca Bromhead, uh, previous guest. Uh, she's got a couple for you, so bear with me All just right. quickly. Firstly, uh, who does who do you rate as the best pitcher you've faced? Ooh, Ooh. best pitcher I've faced. I, I would have to go with 
I can only pick one. For me, right, like it's a three-way tie right now between Wayno, Monica Abbott, and Kat Osterman. Well, that's your those, next. Those those three are in a different tier of yep. their own. Okay, completely well, different tier. Very good. Well, going on off those uh, two names that you've um, said, Osterman and uh, Abbott. How has it had having mm-hmm. them them back in the team? Oh, it's amazing. Uh, just the experience that they both can provide playing in the Olympics before. Um, it's incredibly valuable to our team. They're also super professional, um, and they've continued to improve year after year, which is crazy to think about. Um, you know, playing into the into their thirties, um, it's it's cool. Like I grew up, I I wanted to be on that. Like that was my dream in two thousand and eight. Right, was to I want to be an Olympian someday. Yeah. They were on that team. Like yeah. I idolized them and looked up to them, and now I'm on the same team as them. It's. Um, it's completely crazy full circle journey for me. So I'm just, I'm living my best life out here. Just having fun every day. Amazing. It's cool. And the last question from the fastest Bromhead is lastly, what does it make that, that makes the difference between the athletes that excel at college ball and those that make the jump to team USA? The, it's the selflessness to know that you have room to improve. It's never being satisfied with being the best player on your team, being the best player in your conference. Like I think one of the the biggest things about our Olympic roster is we all, I think individually want to be the best players to ever play. And that's what makes us really good as a group. We know that we're still at the, we're, we're on, we're on the team of teams in terms of softball, we are on the United States Olympic softball team, the team of teams, and we still want to get better. We're not satisfied. Um, so I think, I think that's, that's the biggest piece is how, how dissatisfied are you with the success that you've had? And if you keep getting better, there's opportunities out there for you professionally and internationally. Wow. That is that is a great advice. It leads me to one other question here. If uh, if you had a young uh, female athlete uh, that was aspiring in softball, what would be one piece of advice that you would give her? Oof, be a really good teammate. Yes. Um, I, I think we get so caught up, especially in the culture of today. It's all about you know your brand and what you want to bring to the table as an individual. Um, that's not going to get you a lot of places when it comes to softball. Softball is one of the truest team games. Like I can't hit one through nine and I definitely can't pitch and play all nine positions at the same time. So you have to rely on those other people. Um, and the culture piece is such a critical part of success um, in our game. And even on the baseball side too, the culture piece is, is a really big deal, but um, just for females in general to have like, there's just something special about having people in your corner and having really good teammates. And so if I could give any advice to a young kid, it would be to be that person on the team that everyone wants to be friends with. Um, have fun watching other people get better because you can't do it by yourself. The sooner you figure that out, the better off you're going to be. That was actually one of the first pieces of advice coach Murphy ever gave me. Like my first meeting, my first team meeting at Alabama, he addressed the entire team and he said, the sooner you figure out, it's not all about you, the better off you're going to be and the better experience you're going to have here for the next four years. And he was right. 
He was absolutely right. So he was yeah. right. Absolutely, that is great advice, uh, uh, Haley. Um, last question before we get to we're going to get to the all world selection. You're going to become the coach shortly, uh, but before we get to that, <laughs> when you close your eyes and you envisage the last out in Tokyo to win a gold medal, you be yeah. the commentator now. How does it play out? I'm thinking it's a strikeout on an outside pitch. Whoever we're playing doesn't matter, and I'm going to sprint my butt off in from center field and be at the very top of the dog pile, just like <laughs> sky high, like jumping in, yeah. like a flying squirrel, like just landing on top of that that dog pile. Um, yeah, that's it's pretty crazy to think about. It's fun to envision. Um, we got a lot of business to take care of before we get to that. Yeah, but, yeah, um, that's obviously that's obviously the goal to be the team that wins it, to be the team that dogpiles, to be the team that's on top of the podium, the team that hears their national anthem at the end of it. Um, it's all you ever dream of. It's all you worked for. Well, who's the first phone call? Probably my mom. <laughs> How does that yeah. conversation go? Probably my mom. She's probably crying. I'm probably crying. <laughs> the whole nine. Yeah. I haven't, I, to, to be honest, I haven't even thought about it. Um, We've just been kind of so go, go, go and in the present moment. But it's going to be very difficult for me to not call my mom in that moment, nice. more than likely. And, and I'm going to have to find some Wi-Fi really soon yeah. to do that. <laughs> and a well-deserved phone call. And, of course, we wish you the best yeah. of luck. We've got all the faith in the world uh, for you, Haley, uh, but also Team USA as uh, as you head off uh, to, to Tokyo. Uh, last segment here, uh, Haley, is we pick an all-world woman's selection. Uh, each guest that comes on gets to be the coach uh, for once. Yeah, I know you're all a right. strength and conditioning coach, but a uh, selection coach in this place. Now, there are three players that are chosen so far in our all-world uh, lineup. We have two starting pitchers, and that is Ueno from Japan, uh, Monica Abbott, your teammate from the USA, and uh, another fellow USA representative but from a little yesteryear at third base is Lisa Fernandez so pitching and third base are taken you get to pick one athlete in one position other than pitching or third base who would you like to pick and you can pick them from anywhere no pressure or any era up to you okay I'm going to take an outfielder I'm going to take Laura Berg four time Olympian you get to pick which our assistant coach you get to pick which outfield position I'm putting her in center field. Oh, nice. Yeah. Fantastic. She's the GOAT. Laura Berg. Nice. Well, there you go. Laura Berg is the starting center fielder for the Beyond the Dugout All-World Selection as selected by Hayley McClenney here from Team USA. Uh, Hayley, uh, last thing, how long until you actually leave for Tokyo? Uh, we leave July 2nd to head out there, so... We'll fly to San Francisco and then head over head over to Japan. So pretty pretty soon, less yeah. than two weeks. Yeah, yeah, not not far away. And, and the program from the time you land until the Olympics, just training um, back to back to boot camp, as Coach Erickson likes to call it. Um, we'll have a few exhibition games with some Japanese professional teams, I believe, and um, really just trying to solidify, you know, what our game plans are going to be for each each team and. Um, get settled, get acclimated, um, really just focus in on the the fine details of, of what we need to focus on. So, 
Uh, well, fantastic. Well, Hayley, on behalf of Beyond the Dugout, uh, we want to thank you for your time uh, taken uh, today uh, to to showcase not just uh, softball in the USA, but your story where you started, uh, your great family history in the game. And of course, uh, I think for me, the, the thing that sticks out, Damon, is her approach mm. to the game has simply been outstanding. I think an example that all female, not just female, but all softball viewers I uh, can take a lot of so thank you very much thank you guys so much for having me I appreciate it uh, Damien Haley McKinney Team USA what can you say she was really cool she was really cool um, very very driven focus lady isn't she yeah, very yeah. much so. You can see that through her career, though. Mm. Like she's kind of an athlete that these like no stone is uh, uh, is unturned, and um, she'll do everything that's required and some yeah. to get her in the best possible situation or um, condition ready to roll. Absolutely. Hey, um, we could have sat here and we the mind just kept on churning, didn't it? Um, certain very we, we could have gone any direction of anything that she had said but uh, I'm glad I asked when it, when it started to click for her high school started watching tape yeah. strength and conditioning like that shows what it takes for those girls over there to, to, to get to those levels that's where it starts that's where you start thinking a bit more professional in, in, your, in the way you're going to look at the game and um, hey mate it got her four years in that bit of paper at Alabama and a couple championships as well so you got to put in that focus. You got to put in the the mahi to get the treats. Well, we got that. We got that a couple of weeks ago, didn't we? With the Bromheads, mm. Rebecca saying, you know, what's the difference? She said, work ethic. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and uh, and just and as you just so rightly put, man, putting in the mahi. Mm. Listening to Haley's story, a true testament, and it doesn't sound like it's near ending by any stretch. So, um, yeah, the fact that she's still getting in better and improving and and everything like that's that's what life's about, though, isn't it? You don't get to a certain certain level plateau and go, oh yeah, sweet, I'll stay here forever. No, no, no. We want to get better. We want to be the best. And like like she said, like imagine having a whole team of people that want to be the best of all time. Yeah, whole team. Hard out, but hard out without a doubt. And little thing off air, chatted to her at the end there, and um, she mentioned she'd possibly entertain the idea about playing in New Zealand. Absolutely, we put um, we we even mentioned Fastball Forty Five, and the 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 light seemed to flick for her. So if anyone's got a serious offer for her, she'll she'll listen. But um, yeah, let's try and get it down down under. New Zealand, obviously, not not over the ditch. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure they'll love her over there as well, but it'd be Absolutely. great to have her in New Zealand. Remembering her partner, she has retired from playing a couple of years ago, but she's an athlete as well. Wouldn't that be a package? Bring them both down. Yeah. Hey, how about coming down to New Zealand for a summer? Yeah. Does that exclude Wellington? Whoa. I do love summer. We've got to get a proper ballpark first. Come to New, <laughs> come to New Zealand, man. Enjoy a summer. Play ball. New culture. <laughs> Um, she already and, knows how to say hello. hello. Yeah, Kia Order. Yeah. She got it down straight away, too. Didn't, didn't muck around at all. No. I'll tell you who's got it down, man. Next week's guest, arguably the GOAT from Australia, uh, one of the best, if not the greatest, softball player to come out of uh, Australia. On the female side, Stacey Porter. Yeah, she's pretty special and uh, really looking forward to talking to the Australian captain. Uh, first time I've ever 
been so excited to talk to an Australian. Nah, just jokes. I love you, Aussies. Yeah, nah, she is fantastic. Stacey Porter has a storied history. She's been in the national program for such a long time. You know what? The Olympics in 2000, she was a kid in the stands. Wow. And she wanted to be out there. She obviously did that at the next Olympics uh, in Beijing. Um, but then, uh, but yeah, now come, uh, come, come this time around. She's there. She's their leader, spiritual leader. Uh, you know, she's got an indigenous background over there, which is something we'll touch on because she's got an amazing story in behind that. But just her persona, yeah. uh, the way she carries herself, the way she leads her team, and she's a beast. I mean, a beast in the batter's box. Yeah, it's going to be pre- it's going to be pretty special. I love those stories. You know, from kid to to leader into the Olympics, um, just like. Uh, Haley had that with uh, Abbott back in the day in Ostman. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, it's 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 a it's going to be an amazing story. Um, one with I'm sure a lots of highs and, and lows. Um, but she's a pretty honest person as well of, of interviews that I have seen of, of her in the past. Um, so yeah, it'd be good to to get some stories from her. Well, there you go, ladies and gentlemen. That'll do us here on Beyond the Dugout for episode 11. Was Team USA and Haley McLean. I hope you enjoyed it. Coming up next week. On the 2nd of July will be our second international superstar in our lead up to the Olympics. It is uh, Team Australia's captain uh, and leader, Stacey Porter. So tune in for that one. I've been Jason Gurries, aka Chopper, on behalf of Damien Gons, of course. Kakite. Kakite. See you. Be on the dugout, lace them up and we run out. Step up to the place, swing away, or you get struck out. Picture on the mound like you don't want to face this. Hit it so hard, you be running around the bases. Do it for your teammates, do it for the fam. Do it for your city, true ballers understand. You gotta work together, you gotta find a way. Put your body on the line and make that play. Be on the dugout, lace them up and we run out. Step up to the place, swing away, or you get struck out. Picture on the mound like you don't want to face this. Hit it so hard, you be running around the base. Be on the dugout. Be on the dugout. Be on the dugout. Be on the dugout.